1: Hello
2: and welcome to AI Scouted on Anfield Index Pro. My name's Dave Hendrick and I almost forgot what podcast this was to be. I'm joined as always by Mr. Carl Matchett. How are you, sir?
3: I am not too bad, thank you. I'm not sure how you could ever forget something with Guy involved, but we'll let that one slide.
2: Well, you nearly didn't turn up this morning and the last time I left you two to your own devices, you forgot to hit record. So, you know, it's a good thing that I'm here to supervise.
3: I mean, Um, I take absolutely no responsibility for that. Let's let's start there.
2: (laughs) Right, today we are going to do a questions pod. Uh, we have a bunch of questions off Discord, so we'll get through as many as we possibly can in the allotted hour and see where we stand. So, uh, Niashtak, in, in light of all the talks in and around the DMs that Liverpool are rumoured to be interested in, in the talk of who is and who is not a defensive midfielder, can you please do a topic on what makes a DM a DM? the different types of DMs and what system they work best in. So if we look at the different types of defensive midfielders, you've got, I always say you've got three different types that you can look at. So you've got your like destroyer types. So your Mascheranos, your Kantes, players that aren't necessarily Hugely developed in terms of the defensive side of things, you know, shielding a defense, but that they have that incredible ability to just go and take the ball off the opposition as and when they want. You've got your more sort of box to box destroyer types like an Amadou Onana. They tend to be bigger, rangier. Vieira is probably the best we've seen in that specific role. And then you've got your shielding defensive midfielders, your your Sergio Busquets type, who operate maybe in a bit of a smaller box, but give you a lot more value from a purely half-field defensive set where positionally they're going to be outstanding, reading of the game they'll be well above the curve, those, for me, would would always be the three. You're kind of roaming destroyer, a box-to-box destroyer, and then that kind of sitting, shielding defensive midfielder.
3: Yeah, fair. Um, I usually even just break it down into two, to be honest. Um, the The shielding sitter and the ball winner. And wherever yeah. you use the ball winner, they can be the defensive midfielder. And we've spoken about this topic at length previously, that the ball winner is... If you're calling then the defensive midfielder doesn't have to be the one who sits in front of the defence and we've seen all kinds of midfielders in all kinds of areas of the pitch be this defensive midfielder um Rajan Angolan's a pretty good example of that in terms of he could be a six he could be a box-to-box we saw him play as a ten at times uh Freddy Warin, another one who played really really high up field Arturo Vidal played as number ten at times but In the setups of the teams that they had, often they were the most defensive players in terms of ball winning, in terms of regaining possession and protecting the team against counterattacks. So for me, I'm happy for the defensive midfielder to be the one who's responsible for stopping the other team attack Uh, and wherever that is, obviously, and whichever way they do it, whether it's a, a scurrying Masjidano type, like you mentioned, or whether that is... Uh, let's say an Imagine Matic who would play very, very central and be a ball winner and let sesk roam around him for Chelsea when they had that partnership. Yeah. Um yeah, it, it's it there's a lot of different ways you can play a defensive midfielder. And obviously you the, the, the rest of the question says the kinds of system they work best in. That completely depends on who else you're playing with the midfielder, in my opinion. Um you know, yeah,
2: in, always, a, in a 4-3-3, you ideally do want your I think you want more of a shield
3: than a roamer. Agreed. Although when you have, let's say, the very best playmakers around who are not particularly quick, sometimes you want a couple of shields in front of them and let that playmaker playmake in space in deeper areas.
2: Yeah, like Gerrard in 2013-14, our defensive midfielder was Henderson as that sort of roaming ball winner type and Gerrard was the deepest midfielder, but he wasn't the defensive midfielder in that system. Um, initially, obviously, we had it was Henderson and Joe Allen playing either side, and Phil was playing a bit further advanced. And then it changed to Phil playing a little bit deeper, not as a defensive midfielder, obviously, but Brendan Rodgers just deciding to go hell for leather and abandon all thoughts of being, anyway, solid defensively. Um. You will at times get teams that play both the shield and the destroyer. I'm thinking Antonio Conte's Chelsea when they had Nemanja Matic and Engolo Kante. Um, that was a particularly dominant midfield. Mm. You had the great Arsenal team that went unbeaten, Gilberto Silva as the shield mm. and obviously Vieira as that destroyer type. So it just, it does, it depends. Like, there's no, it it does depend on who your eights are. Like for us in our team with, let's say, Dominic and Alexis as eights, I would want a a shield. I would want someone like Abubakar Kamara who's going to sit in, protect the defense, give me a base in midfield. It's also about your style of play. If you're a high pressing team, I do feel like you need that that sitter, that one who'll just set the platform. We had it in Fab. Pep's Barca had it in in Busquets. You think back to other teams that pressed incredibly well. The one that always comes to mind is Saki's Milan, and he sat right in midfield and let the other three go and press and try and win the ball back high up the pitch. Capello followed him up and sat Desai. In his midfield. Now, he often sat Desai and Albertini. Sometimes Albertini would have license to go and press, but often he'd just sit the two of them and he'd send the fullbacks to press. So he was one of the early ones that kept that defensive box of four and then pressed with the other six outfielders, which is something we saw Jurgen do when Ginny would sit in next to Fab in front of Virgil and Matip or Gomez. The fullbacks would press high, Henderson would press high, and we'd have the front three as well. So there's no one-size-fits-all. It It's basically horses for courses, depending on what you want from your team. Um, there's some players that get... like I also think there's a difference between a DM and a six. A six, for me, is a sitter. It's actually a five, if we really want to get pedantic about it. That sitting midfielder who's going to just shield that defence and give you a platform to play from and also be a conduit for your build-up, that needs to be a shield rather than a destroyer. So for us, I would that's what I would want. I would want someone like, I think I just, Kamara, Decore, one of those who can just sit in, protect the defence and then obviously give you as well that ability to play through them as you build out from the back
3: yeah i think it's it's important that like most roles in football you can define it as whatever you want and what makes it work is who you have alongside them and what your overall approach is like you know the 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 kante matic setup that you mentioned very similar in two styles to, let's say, uh, another Conte team. Let's, let's in fact take his Spurs where he had Hoyberg and Bentancourt as his partnership, but the progression of the team was nowhere near as good. The, the ability to build up and be attack-minded and break out of a very deep shape was nowhere near as good. So it, it always depends on who else you have alongside them.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, the other thing as well is you can have you can have teams that have a box to box a box to box midfielder who might be the primary ball winner in the team but isn't actually a defensive midfielder it's just that by the nature of what they do they happen to win the ball back more than the guy who sits and shields because that's what you want so for example with us like if we were to bring in let's say kamara it may well be that dominic and Alexis would win back more of the ball than what Kamara would because of what they would be asked to do. Like in the early iteration of Klopp's Liverpool, when Henderson was the six, and let's say we had Ox or Emre and Ginny, you'd often see them as more the ball winner types and Henderson a bit more protected, a bit more shielding that defense like you mentioned with um, Vidal. When Vidal was playing with Pirlo, when it was Vidal and Marquisio, you wouldn't have classed, say, Marquisio as a defensive midfielder, but he was always going to have good ball-winning stats because of the nature of his role, being asked to go box-to-box, influence the game in all phases, in attack and defensively. So... It's hard to pin down at times, but yeah, it is basically just, It's a lot of it is system-based and what you want. Um, on to a question from Brad. Thoughts on Lucien Agome, uh, young Cameroonian, well, Cameroonian-born French under-21 midfielder for Inter Milan. Um, I have to say, I haven't watched... I haven't seen him play this season. I did see him a few times last year with Troyes and in seasons before that with Brest and Spezia. He does look a hell of a prospect.
3: Yeah, back against Milan now, but he's not featured this season. I think maybe one game, but no, he's not someone that I've watched, I'm afraid. So I will leave him on the uh, to-do list and see how he progresses this year. Hopefully a bit more involvement in the second half of the season as well.
2: Yeah, hopefully so. Although with Inter charging for the title, it may well be that the more experienced midfielders stay in favour. A uh, question from Harry Welche. Rate the five defenders. Alessandro Nesta, Fabio Cannavaro, Benucci, Cialini, and Kit Simons. So obviously Kit Simons <laughs> would be the clear number one on this list. Um, personally, I would go Nesta, Cannavaro, Cialini, Benucci, and obviously Kit Simons just at
3: fifth. I mean, I'm quite keen to know why it's Kit Simons in there and not, you know, Chris Coleman or or whoever else. Is there a specific Harry Welshy affinity
1: to to Kit? Um, I have to
2: assume that there is. I have to assume that there is.
1: Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. just head over to Anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfieldindex.
3: I'm going to go the same order you did, I think. I think I'd put Nester above Cannavaro as well. And yeah. And above Bonucci, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, Sydney.
2: Trent blatantly wants to play in midfield. With the players we bought in the summer, I don't see how it works. Or sorry, how it makes sense without wasting some of the new players. So how do we deal with this if we have to? An old scouts double pivot seems the best compromise I can see. touching at straws here. I I tend to agree. I, I would personally, for me, I would go to a four box two, and I would play Trent in uh, for now in a double pivot with Curtis Jones, Dominic high on the right. Sorry, Dominic on the left, Alexis on the right. The reason for that is I want the balance. So I want Alexis being able to drop back in and Trent in the third phase of attack. So in the final third, I want Trent being able to step out wide and offer me that world-class crossing ability. So as we build up in the first phase and the second phase, he's more central. In that third phase, I would want him moving into a wider area and Alexis just dropping in to a more central area next to Curtis. That for me is how I would make it work.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't really think that we have um, back to obviously the conversation we were having before, but we don't really have the six or the protector or the defensive midfielder or whichever way around you want to term it to perfectly align any of the players that we have. I don't think. Um, So we do need still, um, I think it's fine at the minute the way we are doing it, except for in the biggest and against the best. I, I don't really like the idea of Trent and Alexis being the, the two last ones. Jones, we know, will get a lot of work rate right out of him. But I, I think there's still something missing there. Um, you know, coming up to play Man City, obviously in the next game we're missing something in the team at the minute in terms of like a, a protective player, a really defensive player. Endo is the only profile of that, but he's again not really the the exact type of profile that I'd want. And obviously, quality wise, is perhaps not the the level that we want either. Um, certainly for playing against the very very best. So there is still a bit of work to be done. I don't think it's a case of wasting the players that we've signed though, because even if you have you know you sign a number six and they're very very good, you're still not going to have all of the, those players available all of the time, and there are just too many matches. So it's fine to have let's say, more than we need for a first 11, because that first 11 just doesn't get to play very often. So I'm all right with where we are. We're just missing a bit. Uh, and for what we have right now, I'd even wouldn't mind seeing him in a, in a diamond, to be perfectly honest with you. I think that there would be enough um work rates and covering in that sort of manner if we had, let's say, Alexis, Jones, Trent and Sobersly. Obviously, it depends on how the opposition are playing and it would depend then on who we put in at right back because you're not going to get a huge volume of overlapping all game long from Gomez or someone like that. But uh, I think I think we're okay at the minute. It's just not title-winning perfection.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a top-four team at the moment. It's just not a title-winning team. Add, add a proper holding midfielder and look for that left-sided defender upgrade. And I think it can get there, even if you're moving Trent full-time into midfield. Like, Joe Gomez is is good enough to start right back in a title-winning team. Um, and then you address that in the summer. Uh, moving on. Sandeep. Wanted to know if you boys think Liverpool will get that sporting CEO they're looking for, even though it looks like Max Eberl is now off the market. Uh, it does look like Max Eberl will take up the job at Bayern. I think the the draw of staying in Germany has outweighed the fact that he would have had more control and more power at Liverpool. Um, I mean, look that that job that is what Michael Edwards wanted, but the Edwards Klopp relationship is is damaged and apparently apparently, damaged beyond repair, really. So would Edwards be willing to come back in that role where he would be, without doubt, Jürgen's supervisor? He would have more say than Jürgen? There would need to be a sit-down, and a, a, probably a couple of sit-downs for that to, to, to take hold. The other one that I suppose has been mooted is um, is Crosh from Eintracht Frankfurt, Marcus Crosh. He's one that we've been linked with in the past. He's somebody who fits the bill of what we want. Maybe even a little bit better than Max Eberl because he's a bit more data-driven, whereas Eberl's first thing he did when he went into Leipzig was get rid of a bunch of the analysts, which was a bit odd. Um. I do think we'll get somebody. I just don't know if it'll be in time. It won't, certainly won't be in time for January. The hope would be it's someone who can come in in time for next
3: summer. No, I mean, there's been no um, no anything at all, has there, about current situation? Like no It's all very quiet. Yeah, No confirmation since the summer of a continuation or an ending of any kind of Agreement, partnership, personnel, nothing.
2: No, there hasn't. The, 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 the story as it goes is that Mike Gordon wants to retire. Um, just doesn't doesn't want to do the day to day anymore. So rather than it being a replacement for Schmatke that they're looking for, it's a replacement for Mike Gordon, which is the job Michael Edwards wants whether he wants it at our club or not. Now, I I have doubts considering how things ended. Schmack is kind of sort of in limbo at the moment where he doesn't really have a role and he doesn't really work for the club. He's contracted, but he's a contractor rather than an employee. The Eberl stuff seemingly has been ongoing, but it looks like Bayern for him. So they'll probably just circle the wagons. And I, I would imagine they'll go back to Marcus Kroos, who's the person they uh, approached in the summer. He turned the job down then because he didn't want the sporting director role. Because as Jörg Schmatke described it, this, uh, the sporting director at Liverpool, because of Jürgen's growing power, the sporting director role it basically become an assistant role to Jürgen. That's not what he was willing to come and do. It's not what Edwards was willing to do anymore. It's not what Julian Ward was willing to do anymore. So, I mean, ideally, I'd like to see us bring Edwards in as as that sporting CEO and, and run the football side of the club and have control of everything and appoint a sporting director below him. Even if, you know, if ideally, if we could just bring Julian Ward back as someone that we've already had in-house and then bring back... um. Ian Graham, and just get the band back together, get back the group that was so successful. But we'll have to wait and see. Um Harry Welchie. Right, I'm going to throw these to you. If you can have a dream guest on this podcast, you've got five to pick. Sorry, four to pick, four to pick. An ex-pro. What ex-pro would you like to have on? Ronaldinho. Oh, I love that shout. <laughs> right, current pro.
3: Oh, God. Um, we best get someone, like, for the for the real football listeners. So if you're going to have a current pro, we best pick a current pro. So we'll have... That's a tough one. There are about 700 million we could get on here, isn't there? Um, Michael, I'll leave, Antonio? I'll, I'll leave... No, no, no. Um, I'll leave a Liverpool one for the next one, you're going to ask me. So, a current pro, nothing to do with Liverpool, who would be really good value to have on and talk to. I tell you, I wouldn't mind. James Madison. He's a really good talker. He always gives like answers that he wants to give. Mm. Um he's quite an interesting guy. I think overall, I think he's got some no doubt good things that he could relay if he wanted to um, about previous clubs and country. And obviously we've got a, an ongoing interest in the, the development at Spurs as well. So I think there'd be lots to hear there that would be decent.
2: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, manager. That would be Jurgen Klopp. Now, he's written this as... Non English, non Scottish, but yet still British. So Welsh, who would be your Welsh guest that you'd have on? <laughs> right.
3: And why is he asking
2: can he come on himself?
3: A Welsh guest. I think we'll we'll go with Neville Southall, who is again a really good speaker, has lots of Derby Day stuff he could recount, is someone worth listening to. And as it generally seems to be a very, very sound bloke.
2: Uh, right. I'll quickly give mine. <laughs> X-Pro, I'll take Franco Brazzi. I, I just think he'd be fascinating to listen to. Current Pro, I love your Madison shout, but I don't want to double up on Spurs. So I'll go with... I mean, you're right. You want someone that's a good talker. You want someone that's going to be interesting. You want someone that's not really going to be all that afraid of saying things that might might rock the boat a little bit. I'd be inclined to go Kieran Trippier, to be honest. I think he'd be quite interesting to have on. You just manager, want to hear someone talk about Simeone, don't you? Yeah, basically, that's <laughs> that's a big part of it. Uh, Manager-wise, I'd go Ange. I just think, because Ange will just say whatever he wants. And I think he's a bit more interesting in terms of what he has to say than, than Jürgen can be at times. Uh, and as for a Welsh guest, uh, I'll go non-football, and I'll go Griff Rhys-Jones, because I could just listen to the fella talk Endlessly, uh, and I love watching his uh, travel shows. So I'll go with him. Um, right, Andy Wales asks for Man City. Actually, we'll, we'll save that for the City Pod. He's he's got some questions for the City Pod, so we'll uh, we'll go to them tomorrow. Um, Harry Welchie again. What would be the Leicester? Equivalent at the 2024 Euros or 2026 World Cup. I have to feel like the 2024 Euros might be Hungary. As in an unexpected victory against all odds. Yeah, I suppose a, a Greece is probably a better from international perspective. Who who could do a Greece? Uh... Hungary strike me as the Euro the Euro 2024 team that could do it. Now, I don't think they will, but they've got they've got a superstar and they've got a couple of other very good players. If I look at the rest that have qualified, I just don't okay. see it with Slovenia, the Czechs, Albania, Serbia. Maybe. Albania is an interesting one. They've been outrageously good in the qualifiers. The problem is they're managed by Slovenia, who's <laughs> who's dreadful. I could uh, see the Serbs doing it if they could get their shit together.
3: Well, we thought that they might in the World Cup.
2: And, it and they didn't get their shit of, together. It,
3: yeah. It, it said for the World Cup it was going to be a case of either top the group or come bottom the group. And well, we saw which one it was. So mm. they have all the quality. Whereas I don't I don't think it would be as much of a shock, let's put it that way. I mean, I suppose it would be to, if you know, if you don't pay attention or watch them or anything like that, but I don't think it would be that much of a shock for Serbia, this Serbia team, to go really deep. I think it's a really good squad. Yeah. But it is putting it together for three weeks at a time, isn't it? That's the thing. Romania That's... would be a, a fairly romantic one for, for people of our age, I think. Those who still wish
2: Georgie Hadji was roaming about and launching... Missiles with his left foot from 40 yards. G.K. Popescu dominating the game from defensive midfield. Big Ili, 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 yeah. Ili Dumitrescu between the lines. Florian Radichoyu running off the shoulder of that last defender. Dan Petrescu oh. insisting everybody has to have blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's just for the tournament, lads. It's just for the tournament. Florian Radiccio, though, probably would never score a goal in the modern game because I'm convinced that him and Pippo and Zaggy 99% of the goals they scored in their career would be offside with VAR. Because they were always offside, always, and just got away with it. Just timed their run perfectly so the linesmen thought they were still onside.
3: Um, we're, worth also noting there would be a Hadji there for them. Not not Georgie, but a Hadji all the same. Yeah, Ennis. yeah. They do have some decent players. I, I do
2: like yeah. Dragas of the centre-back at Genoa. Um, he's very good. Hadji's a decent player. Um, there could be a Papescu as well. If, if Octavian gets himself back on track, he's a, a very exciting
3: wing prospect. Um, and not a Catalin Montianni, but a Louis Montianni as well. <laughs> yeah. There's even
2: a Puskas, even though the original one <laughs> was uh, was obviously Hungarian. There is George Puskas. Uh, also playing for Genoa at the moment he's their primary primary goal scorer um I think the Hungarians would be would be interesting you've there's some really good players Attila Zly Zalai Z- is is really good Milos Kirkes is really good Dominic obviously is is great um Callum Styles can I interest you a bit of Callum Styles of Barnsley uh somehow is is Hungarian uh so that's a good one. Um and Andrus Nemeth who we obviously had Christian Nemeth back in the day. Andrus Nemeth looks a player, plays for Hamburg. Um wouldn't be wouldn't be against seeing them do well. Uh moving on. Owen Hurley, it's the summer of 2024. Liverpool have just won a league and cup double and Jurgen decides to bow out on top for argument's sake. Let's say each of the following managers are at the top of our list and they come with a package deal of one player from their current club. (laughs) Which manager player do you like best for Liverpool going forward? So Julian Stephen of Strasbourg. So you're probably taking either either Sila or... Is it Diaby? Is the Minot? Diabe? What's the midfielder's name? Is it Habib Diaby? Let me just pull Habib Diarra. Habib Diarra, that's him, the midfielder. Um, you're probably taking, yeah, either either him him or Silla, the left sided uh, Ivorian defender who is outstanding. Um, Ruben Amorim of Sporting Lisbon. Diamande would be the the one I'd like, but obviously Inasio is another great option there. could take uh, Pote Cancales. You could take Victor Jokeres, though we don't really have a need for him. Uh, Xabi Alonso. I suppose Florian Wurtz, Piero Hincapié, Tapsapa. There's a lot of good players in that Leverkusen squad. De Zerbi. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. Brightener, chock full of elite level talents. Era Ola. There's a couple of format that might be interesting. Alex Scott, for example. Um, Kirkez, what I would have interest in. Uh, or Vincenzo Italiano of Fiorentina. Um I mean Gonzalez is the, the one that stands out to me there. Could be a good a good backup to Mo. There are other very good players in that squad. Uh so where would you go? Where does your initial kind of thought go?
3: Um probably Alonso Leverkusen or Deserbi Brighton just for style versus players I like. If we have to have a combination of one of them. Um, I know you're a big Ruben Amorim fan. Yeah. I don't know that I'd necessarily go for Julian Stephen, if I need to get a player as well from Strasbourg. Um, I wouldn't be against seeing Alonso and Verts coming, but I do wonder, like 2024 is obviously too early to say, Shari Alonso is is amazing or anything like that. Even if he goes on and does uh, a very, very good full Bundesliga season, you still want to see a bit more of him or. Whatever before you say, oh, he's, I have he I
2: have fucked this question up because he has fucked this question up. Uh Julian Stephen left Strasbourg in the summer and went to Rennes, so it would be a Rennes player, not a Strasbourg player. No, and
3: a Raoul is not at Rennes, but
2: I can't be No, he's not. That's why I did change <laughs> that one to born. Okay, um, um I assume he'd asked that question before, and we we had missed it, and he's just put it back in. Um, if we take I. If we're taking I've not really a, watched
3: any of the French league this year at all, to be honest, so far. So, anyone really? who's playing. A, yeah, very, very little at the minute.
2: Christopher Wu would be interesting, the young Cameroonian centre back. If we're going to let Matt to believe, he'd be a great a great replacement to come in the door. Um, Desiree Douay is another one that would be interesting. I'd probably rule him out, though. I, I think he he would be. I would rule out him, and I'd rule out Italiano. To be honest, I, I don't think they're quite of the level as yet. I don't think Iraola is either. So for me, it would come down to the the other three: Amorim, Alonso, and De Zerbi. De Zerbi has a a propensity for dross, Carl, that concerns me. Old dross, far too much Milner, far too much steel. Far too much Welbeck, far too much Lallana in his Brighton teams at times, and it costs them. And he's also a little bit naive defensively. I think it doesn't it's, care very much about it. No, he doesn't. Whereas you look at Alonso, there's really good balance to his team, and Amram. I think Amram is the the best of the three. He's he's won a league title. He's He's, on the ace of to win it. another one? Yeah. i go him because I think Inasio fits hand in glove in, in this current team. And if you wanted to go back to a more traditional back four, he can fit as a left back. Or Diamande, because we've talked before about Ibu's injuries. Diamande coming in and having him and Virgil, say, is the starters, and Ebu almost as a third centre-back who can play both sides and get, let's say he gets eight league games one side and 10 or 12 the other, gets 20 league games plus a bunch of cup games. That that kind of would work really well for me. I would go Amram. I, I love the style of football. I love the shape he uses. I think the idea of, he would want he would put Trent back as a wing back, so you'd have Trent. We'd need a left wing back, but Robbo could probably get away with doing that for a year or so. Then you'd go Alexis and Jones in midfield until you get your ball winner. Salah and Zabozlai behind Darwin. I think that would be a lot of fun. Kanate, Virgil, and Inasio, let's say we get him as, as the one. That's that's a really good team. That's with, with what we have now, that's a really good team. You just I'll bring in an Ashio.
3: But I'll go with Shawi then just to be different for manager and go for the romantic. Um But the player, yeah. who's your so player? My player I was thinking Verts. Yeah. But 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 a fully fitting Capia might be the better selection in the terms of, Yeah um shall obviously playing wing backs as well uh mm. this year so still looking at a three trent alexis jones robbo and then salah solid's lie and darwin as a three he mm. has doing whatever he wants as well around that so yeah i'd probably bring in a third center back in that case and go for um can get can be over, be, yeah. Over
2: yeah, I think Alonso's possession is is a little smoother. Like the, their build-up play is a little smoother. It's it's got traits of what Zerbi does in it. Amram's definitely the better defensive mind, but Alonso's a, team have that ability to keep the ball so well because he coaches that side really well. I mean, look, if there's ever a player that was destined to be a great manager, it probably was Xabi Alonso. There's a reason that for the last however many years, Mourinho and Pep and Benitez have talked about how Xabi Alonso someday is going to be a great manager. Like The, the traits were always there. And he's doing a, a phenomenal job an absolutely phenomenal job with Leverkusen. So you, there's there's no wrong answer between him and Amram And and to be fair, like if you gave De Zerby, Kanate and Virgil, as opposed to Lewis, Duncan, Adam Webster, his team is going to be a lot better defensively. And he does play one of his fullbacks as a, a sorry, a center back as one of his fullbacks. He does like to do that, whether it's Veltman or or Igor, there's always three solid defensive players there. It's just that the ones at Brighton aren't quite good enough to carry what they're what they were being asked to carry. We might get away with that. Why? Um, YN... <laughs> this is brilliant. Uh, this is from from Owen Hurley as well. Apologies for my last incoherent question, but my point stands. Rice was overpriced. The transfer market is a money laundering scam. I don't disagree. Uh, Question. This is YNWA Foodie. Which five top young players currently playing in the Premier League or part of a Premier League squad, so maybe not getting regular games, would you like to see at Liverpool? So let's say players who are Twenty-one and under. Who would you be looking at across the Premier League?
3: Uh, I presume we're going to exclude people who have just transferred or playing for Man City and so on.
2: Yeah, let's so let's take out City, Arsenal, United, Chelsea, Spurs. Although I kind of want Papa Matarsar. Well, you can't. Yeah, let's take out. Let's take out the big. The big six, do the other big six clubs and...
3: And Newcastle. And Newcastle, yeah. So we can we can remove them. Okay. Um, so two from Brighton, um, one of which I need to see much more of, but I really, really like him this season, is Simon Adingra, He
2: looks uh, good, doesn't
3: he? Yeah, he's had a lovely start to the season. So, you know, very, very small sample size uh, for, for myself watching him, but very impressed so far. Um, The other one for Brighton is again a question mark simply because he's out injured at the minute and it is a a longer term and a knee injury and we need to see how he recovers from that but uh, Julio Nciso is excellent. I really, really like him a lot Mm. so wait and see how he gets on when he comes back but definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, It's very difficult to find them from lower down because obviously the young players who impress very quickly get Snapped up by those top sort of six clubs. You can look at people like Carney Chukwueze, who would be, but went to went to Chelsea to, to not play for a little while. So um, to be a dumbass. I think Wilson Odebert has has looked not too bad in flashes, but obviously he's very young and he's playing for Burnley, so a consideration. I don't know if Ansu Fati counts because he's only on loan at Brighton, but I'd have him any day of the week. I'm not sure how many others. Zabani is only 21. Does that still count? Are we? Is he young enough?
2: Yeah, he counts, yeah.
3: Yeah, we'd probably look at him then. Um, I mean, you could probably go through the entire Brighton squad because Carlos Ballar is there as well. He's another mm. one who looks very, very interesting. Luca Kogliosho, Burnley, maybe him ahead of... He um, looks exciting. He looks a lot of fun. Uh, head of Odabert. Yeah, I'll take him instead of Odabert. So Luca Colio shall be one of them. Uh, Zabani, and then three from Brighton. There you go.
2: Um, top of my list would be would be NC. So I, I I'm I'm all the way in love with that kid. He's he's just so so good. He's so good. It's it's ridiculous. He says he's going to be back in December which is massive. So hopefully the knee injury wasn't quite as severe as first feared. Um, So he'd definitely be one. I mean, I've got to have Evan Ferguson, don't I? So I'm taking Evan. Like you said, you could go through that Brighton squad and pick six or seven. I'll take Milos Kirkez from Bournemouth. Yep. I think he'd be a great addition if we were going back to a back four. Um, I think he'd be ideal uh, as that left back.
0: I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mac boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today. And use coupon code AIVPN twenty-five to get twenty-five percent off at checkout.
3: Uh, I'm surprised one of there's someone else that you haven't put right at the top of your list.
2: Oh. Right, well hang on, let me have a look. Um I know I can't have him because he plays for United, but I would take Hannibal Nashbury. Because I love a young lad that'll go out and just boot people up in the air, so I would take him. But I know I can't have him. Um, I, I do like the two Burnley wingers that you mentioned, Colioshu uh, and, and Audibert. But I've 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 decided to commit myself to watching Paraguayan football over the last little while. Just all games, not all games, like. Last season games. I really like this Enzo Gonzalez kid that Wolf signed and he he would keep um in CISO company. So I'll take him. So that's four. And let me think. Could I help you out? Just let me just let me just pick one more. Let me just pick one more.
3: No, go on. Actually, yeah, he plays for Crystal Palace, and usually you want it regardless of age groups. Michael
2: Olise. There you go. Oh, he does count. He's still only twenty-one, isn't he? Yeah, he's twenty-one. Oh, yeah. Well, Olise then. Olise would be top. Then and Ciso. And then the rest after that. I love Michael Elise. What a player. What a ridiculously gifted individual. I have this idea of us post-Mo with Alise one side and Neto the other side. And then Dominic behind Darwin in a 4-2-3-1 with Alexis and a holding midfielder. Trent just told to play right back but I don't know if there's enough goals in that, but it'd be a lot of fun to watch. Um, Right, let's move on. Isaac Gilding. You might need a pen and piece of paper for this, Carol. Who would win between an 11 of former players who became managers and an 11 of former players who became pundits? I'm not going to exclude those who've done both because that means Thierry Henry could be in both teams. Which okay. do you want to take?
3: Um well, I'll go for managers, why not? <laughs> All right, former players who became managers, and these are going to be the first eleven of them I can think of. Are they still got to be managers now? Or just no, were managers at some point?
2: Were managers at some point. So like right. as an example, you could go with Roy Keane. Yeah. I'll also have Roy Keane. Yeah. we can both have Henri. Yeah. I I will exclude Gary Neville from your team. I refuse to accept that he was ever actually a manager and that wasn't was just manager. some sort of... That he was some sort of modern art, street theatre, some sort of thing.
3: And we're going on how good they were as players, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how good they were as players. I mean... Assuming Guy will do a lovely little editing job here to actually cut out this big blank. Ah, no, <laughs> no, no, no. We're doing this on the fly. <laughs> leave it all in. Leave it all in. The, the nah, process is important. Five-minute silence is what people want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Are we going to exclude people, then, uh, of the lines of Neville if they haven't done, let's say, one full season minimum? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mine
2: is <laughs> very Premier League heavy.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm literally looking at a Premier League table and just thinking of them, to be honest. Um, I'm short one. Yeah, I'm happy with mine. Happy-ish. Whenever you're ready, then.
2: Right. Uh, Goalkeeper, who have you got?
3: Nuno Espirito Santo.
2: The disrespect to Ruben Amorim was real. Um, (laughs) I've gone Peter Schmeichel. Fine. Back four, who have you got?
3: I haven't got a back four.
2: Back three?
3: Yeah. Who have you got? Ronald Koeman. Okay. Holler. Franz Beckenbauer.
2: Questionable root hole in the back three now. Yeah, three. Well, he's
3: doing some sweeper business. Um, Surging forward from deep.
2: Poor, poor Franz Beckenbauer. The, the best <laughs> sweeper in history and he's left being a stopper. Um, you've got three sweepers, basically, in fairness. Yes, I
3: have. i got no um, centre-backs and all sweepers. Yeah,
2: Lo- loads of progression from deep. You don't really need a midfield now. Your, <laughs> your centre-backs can take care of that. Yeah. Um, I've got Gary Neville at right back, Jamie Carragher and Alan Hansen at centre back, and Graham Lassault at left back. Who was your right back? Gary Neville. Oh, right. Okay, yes, yeah. yeah. It came right down to back Neville, back. Lee Dixon, or Micah Richards, and I wanted to put Lee Dixon, but I went with Neville instead. I reckon mine's better than yours. Your back foot your back three? Yes, but mine can actually defend though so that, <laughs> who cares that's...
3: it's about who wins not who doesn't lose um, right. what do you got in midfield then All Right, I'll give you my wingbacks then right side Steven Gerrard wingback okay left side just as an ode to you because you got annoyed by him today is Silvino oh jeez <laughs> my three man central midfield is Pep Guardiola Roy Keane and Graham Souness I like that. I do like that. And we can link this one back to the earlier discussion. You can pick who's my defensive midfielder out of them.
2: they will sit and run the show when Keane can go box to box and just wreck things. um, And, and Pep can just stand about being bold. Um, we have some crossover here. Uh, I've got Steve McManaman on the right wing. David Ginola on the left wing. And I've got Graham Souness and Roy Keane as my central midfielders.
3: Who was your wing, sorry?
2: McManaman and Ginola.
3: Okay, yeah. Uh, Decent trickery. Good pace. Not too many goals. Not too many goals there.
2: You're playing Ronald Koeman, the right of a back three. There's going to be loads of space.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Who have you got up front then?
3: Um, I've got four players and I'm struggling to pick between them. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Johan Cruyff. Fair. And Thierry Henry. Fair.
2: Fair. Uh, Thierry Henry against Jamie Carragher the thing <laughs> of beauty
3: I <laughs> um, the past
2: I assume you're going to play Henry just to the left so he can run at Carragher and Neville and give them nightmares again
3: yeah and Gerard's big sweeping crossfield balls find him at the far post every time
2: uh, I've gone for Thierry Henry and Alan Shearer uh, with a, mm-hmm. a doff of the cap to both Michael Owen and Ian Wright uh, it had to be Henry and Shearer Hmm. Who were the two strikers that didn't make your team? Jean-Franco uh, Zola. Oh, I like that one. And Kenny Dalglish. Of course. Yeah, to be fair. Like, do you know what? I'm I'm dropping Carragher. I'm dropping Carragher. Because as bad as a pundit as he is, Mark Lawrenson was an incredible footballer. So I'm going to upgrade my centre-backs by bringing in Mark Lawrenson, who's not scarred by the memories of being roasted by Thierry Henry. Um, I just don't like that Neville. I'm just going to put Lee Dixon in over now. Even seeing Neville's name written down annoys me. So I'm going to go Lee Dixon. Dixon, Lawrence, and Hanson, Lasso. Yeah. There we go. Uh, who would win? Mine. Yeah, I feel like yours would win because you have three of my best players as well or actually you have my three best players. Yeah, you have my three best players and I don't have Johan Cruyff. Um,
3: You've got you a chance I'll score a few goals. but
2: I will score goals. I will score goals against that team of yours. I will definitely score goals. I'm tempted to play Henri on the left to just capitalize on the fact that you've got Gerrard as a wing back and Ronald Koeman and drop Ginola, have him on the bench, and bring Ian Wright in to try and start a fight with Ruud Huller for Ronald Koeman. Um, You also have, of course, you can bring Simeone and Conte off the bench when your midfield (laughs) needs fresh legs, so that does help as well. Guys also criticise me for a lack
3: of Zidane, which is a fair point.
2: It's a very fair point. I think you might need to drop Pep Guardiola. I don't think you need Pep Guardiola when you've got s and Keen.
3: I'm sorry, but I told you, it was the first ones off my head and they're at the top of the table, so he we went in as a matter of course.
2: Who would be your manager? So I mean, I've got a I team of someone, managers. No, no, no. I want someone here who's maybe gone from manager to above manager. Right. So you could go Matthias Zammer. you could go Beckenbauer could be player manager. Um Oli Hoynes could be the choice. Uh Karl-Heinz Rummenigge could be the choice, someone, you know, who's who's overseen more of a of a footballing organization
3: than just as a manager. I think Zammer's. Is- a good shout then because he's done the whole lot and he's been successful at the whole lot that's probably and in case you need another sweeper respect there yeah obviously (laughs) gotta have a few of (laughs) them
2: how have you put sweepers in when I'm the one that likes sweepers and you're against the idea
3: of the sweeper in the modern game I mean I did Um, start with Pochettino and Billich as my defensive partnership so it did get a bit better to be able to be fair it did Um,
2: so I need a manager who became a pundit for my manager so, I could go Mourinho, though I don't know if he was a pundit for long enough, but he was brilliant as a pundit. Um, or Arsene Wenger, because I'm not putting Big Sam in. Emma Hayes, she does good pundit work. She does, to be fair. could go Brian Kerr, which would be great as he tries to pronounce the names of players who you know aren't English or Irish and makes an absolute hames of them. I'd very much enjoy trying to see him manage Thierry Henry and people like that. Well, it would be Terry Henry, of course, to, to Brian Kerr, that we know Thierry Henry. It would be Henry. Um, right, there we go. Is that it? I think that's all the questions. That is all the questions we were sent on Discord, so that will do us for today. Is there anything else you want to hit before we go?
3: Um, depending on when people listen to this. No, actually, it's going to later in the week, so just the scouter that will have recorded uh, ahead of Man City then. Uh, I will actually be at Man City as well, so we can bring forward the uh, dastardly plan plan that you have to see if defeats and draws are my fault away after the international break in a 12.30 to to the Premier League champions. I don't think I'll be taking responsibility for that result.
2: No, but (laughs) the Luton game, I'm laying firmly at at your feet. Mm -hmm. Um, that's entirely on you. Actually, before we do wrap up, this will be dated by the time this comes out, but uh Gavi has torn his ACL. Yeah, that's just fucking horrible news. Um yeah, I know the I know damage as well. Yeah, and like a 19-year-old, he has just played far too much football. And I was thinking of this the other day. Um, because I was looking at at Ansu Fati and I was thinking about him and I was thinking about Pedri. And like these these three appeared at Barca within what, two years of, of, of each other? And all of them have now had significant injuries and Ansu fell completely out of favour at Barca. He's now obviously alone at Brighton. Pedri, after that ridiculous year where he basically played every single minute for Barca, then was sent to the Euros and then got brought to the fucking Olympics. He hasn't been able to stay fit at all. Uh, 12, 26, and thus far four league games in the three seasons since. And now Gavi, and we've seen Ronald Arroyo have a whole bunch of, of muscular injuries. Barcelona are doing a remarkable job at fucking up what could have been a genuinely great crop of youngsters because you see, Lamine Yamal, he's getting overplayed now as well, and the Spanish national team are completely involved in this as well. Like, ha, what what is the fix here? Do Barca just start? Do they need to just start pulling players out of national squads? Like, Lamine Yamal should not be playing for Spain's senior team at sixteen. It's bad enough he's playing as much as he is for for Barca. This is just going to repeat itself. He's going to get hurt at some point and another great youngster is going to have their career altered like these other three great youngsters
3: have. Yeah, I mean, it's a real concern. You're looking at him, what, four caps for the national team already at 16 years of age. And like, that's great, but you, they, they should and they won't and they're not um, be taking the lessons that they've had. And not just from these most recent guys who've been injured, but the pressure that others have felt and not gone on to have the careers that they should have. You look at Bojan, you look at, um, oh I've completely forgotten his name, Munir, uh, It was another one and they treated exactly the same way, just got them straight away into the national team setup, straight away yes, looking to, to rely on them, basically, and lock them down and it hasn't worked for them. It hasn't been a successful route mm. and it does need to change, but I, I can't see that the governance will change. There's, you know, a lot going on, which is, uh, needing to change in the country and in the in the football setup as well, so I can't imagine that it's anybody's priority when they're probably trying to save their own jobs and things like that.
2: Yeah, and I suppose part of the thing with Lamine Yamal as well is that they probably wanted to cap him very quickly so that he didn't they, did, they didn't lose him potentially to uh, Morocco, who had been very much pushing the boat out and trying to get him to commit to them. um, It won't be long before we see Fermin Lopez getting a call up and you just hope that common sense prevails with some of them and some of them get managed a bit better than what we're seeing at the moment. Right, that will do us for today, Carol. I will speak to you tomorrow, which will be yesterday, as people listen to this, or two days ago, and we will do Manchester City Away, And we can talk about how you, the Jinx, are going to reverse Jinx this game. And we'll also do Andy Wales's question. um, Or actually, a couple of questions that he has for the uh, tactical setup. So, thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically.